Well, hello everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. So, people ask us sometimes about rules. You want to set rules in their family or they're having difficulty with their kids. You know, yeah, they, they might want to crack down because they're having trouble with a child. Or maybe they're just not sure what rules are appropriate. Or maybe they had so many rules growing up themselves that they want their children to be as free as the wind, and well, they don't but, understand why their household seems to be spinning. And, you know, that's a reasonable thought, because we talk to a lot of young families right now, especially those raised in Christian homes who were raised in very legalistic, rules-based homes. Mm-hmm. And they recognized that something was lacking, that there was a problem. Mm-hmm. and that, And so, yeah, I think that's a reasonable question. How do we... How do we manage the household and have rules without ending up in a controlling, rules-based, mm-hmm. legalistic situation? Because we don't want that. Well, I, I think so much of Christian life is, is a matter of balance. You know, that we talk about you have, you've got a road where there's liberty of where what position you're at, you're walking on that road, but there's a ditch on one side, which is all rules and no love, and there's another ditch on the other side, which is soft and squishy and has no structure at all. Yes. And they're both ditches. And yeah. you, you've got to find a place in the middle that works for your family, and that's in accordance with Scripture, right? Well, you know, that's so common. There's so many things in life that mm. there's that ditch of legalism, there's that ditch of license, and there's a wide, broad path of Christian liberty, but Christians often seem to drive from one ditch to the other. And oftentimes we're reacting to our own upbringing or you know what we find a lot of times with the legalistic group is is folks who came to faith later in life and they said wow this is a structure that it was so missing in my childhood or in my teenage years or whatever and i want to embrace something that's you know got all of the boxes marked out yeah i think that lots of times people just think if we do everything perfectly then our kids will turn out and Mm -hmm. they miss grace they miss grace. They miss the humanity, Mercy. the humanity, and the will of their children. You know, they're not yeah. little, they're not little lumps of play-doh that we mold. I mean, they are, they are human beings. They have their own hearts. They have their own sins and their own gifts. And so we have to take into account that, you know, we are we are training, we are discipling, and God needs to work in their heart as well as the structure that we put around them in the physical world. And if we don't make sure that we teach them about mercy and grace, mm-hmm. they're less likely. Right. So, so let, let, let's talk about rules, and let's talk about rules in a balance. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I've heard, which comes to mind pretty often, Josh McDowell said that rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a critical thing. When, we are, when we're putting these structures in place, we always have to maintain the relationship with our kids because that is, you know, that's critical for their spiritual development as well as just our our peace in a family. Absolutely, and and we have seen this so much in the families that we've talked to mm-hmm. that the stronger the relationship between the parents and the children, the far less likely that rebellion is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So how can we avoid that? Well, I think that. I think part one very important thing is we need to differentiate the kind of rules in our family. That's a really good point. 
because you know it, it's it's not like every single rule that we come up with came down off the mountain with Moses. I mean, it's <laughs> and can never be changed. Right, the laws of the Medes and the Persians, and mom and dad. Yes, um, but you know, I, I'll be honest. I have friends that are like that. You know, that once a rule, always a rule. Never change it. Never adjust it for any reason. Well, and they don't signpost it for the kids. And I think that, especially as our kids get older, they, they start to recognize this, and sometimes resentment builds up because of it. But, but okay, so what are some non-negotiables? There Got are it. some rules which just are, and we are all responsible, and our kids are just part of humanity that has to answer to God for this. The God's law, and as, especially as, as laid out in the Ten Commandments. Right. Very specific commandments. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't, yeah. You know, be kind. A positive commandment. That we're to be kind to one another. Those, those are things which, that's for all people in all ages. Stay away from sexual sin. Right. Right. And so, those things, that's not a matter of negotiation. That's something that we're all responsible for. Mom and dad, just as much as the kids. And I think we need to direct our kids to God's Word in that way. You know, um, we had a book when mm-hmm. our kids were growing up from Doorpost called For Instruction in Righteousness. Excellent book. such a help to me. when I w- I'd pull it out whenever I, th- whenever I would think, the kids are always doing blank some sin. Uh-oh. And I'd open it up and, you know, it'd talk about the common sins we see in our house, maybe lying. Mm-hmm. And it would lay out, what does the Bible say about lying? What does it say will happen to people who lie? What does it say will happen to people who tell the truth? Mm-hmm. And it was so helpful to me in that, in directing our kids to, these are forever commandments. These are character issues. This is God's law. This doesn't change. And here's our authority right here in the Word of God. So those are pretty cut and dried. And, you know, when, <laughs> when, when Jesus said, you know, the, all of the law and the prophets come down to, you shall love the Lord your God, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, everything hangs on that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's, you know, it's very simple, and it's very difficult to walk it out, isn't it? It really is. You know, um, there's something kind of similar to that, but there's a nuance here that I want to mention. What's that? Sometimes we have rules based on our convictions, but we have to recognize that other families, other Christian solid families can have different convictions. Ah, okay. So what what would you what would you pull as as an example of that? Well, I think one of the most common ones that causes strife mm-hmm. is dress. Okay. Because, you know, like when we were growing up, we had friends whose families were dresses only no matter what, even in the even swimming. And we had other friends who wore a wide variety of things and they were comfortable mm-hmm. with shorts and mm-hmm. and bikinis. Right. And then everything in between. And right. I think that those kind of rules can quickly build resentment in our kids if we try to act like those are clear-cut in Scripture when they can see other Christians believe differently. Okay, so things like maybe haircuts. Yeah. You know, And some people say, okay, there needs to be a real clear, super clear distinction between the boys have got super short hair and the girls have super long hair or else you're in, in deadly peril. Uh, I have a hard time getting that from Scripture, especially when it says don't cut the corners of your hair. Well, yeah. In the Old Testament, you know, obviously if it were sin, you know, would that... Right, right. Well, I know there was was a popular teacher some years ago who had a lot of these kind of checklist 
mentality type of rules. And, and I always felt like it's like you set these in 1952 and never resolved them. Right. Like I, I know one of the rules this teacher taught was never wear denim. Yeah, like blue what? jeans. Don't wear blue jeans because they're a sign of rebellion. What? And, and you know, and I had to explain to our kids when they encountered this. I said, you and know, they heard it from friends, not in our own. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but I explained to them. I said, you know what? At one time, the only people that wore denim were workmen and farmers. They were they were work clothes, and so if you showed up for church wearing denim, you were you were showing disrespect to church and the word of God and everything else. But you know, it's it changed. That's it, not that the whole, case now. The whole culture's changed, and I tell you what, there's some denim out there that costs more than a suits that I own, and you know it's it's an entirely different viewpoint now. It's not an expression of anything except I like blue. So I think we need to be so, really clear with our kids if we have if we have conviction based rules mm-hmm. that we know other Christians disagree on. That we need to say, you know, this is what we believe God would have our family to do, mm-hmm. but. You can be a good, solid Christian and disagree with this. Well, it's kind of like if you look at church polity. You know, a church has to make a decision about certain things. But there are tremendous godly men in church history who believe that baptism was for infants. And there are incredible godly men in, in church history who believe that it was only for more mature believers. And you know what? I think there's room you can interpret this in Scripture. I know what I believe, right. I know what our family believes, what our church practices. But I'm not going to say that the people who disagree with me are not believers. Absolutely right. There we go. And so right. that's matters of conviction, which we need to be fully convinced in our own mind. But that doesn't mean that we thereby condemn everybody else. Yes, I think that's super, super, super important. And so we Man. need to explain that to our kids. Yeah. Are you looking for a break from all the screen time? Something to engage the hands and the eyes of students and parents alike? Well, check out Craftsman Crate, the subscription box that builds your skills on a grown-up level. Each month, you'll learn an artisanal craft using real tools in a complete kit. No trips to the store. It's a subscription box that will provide them with hours of challenge and creativity. We work hard to provide projects that appeal to all our subscribers, teens to elderly, guys and girls, experienced and newbies. To create things you'll be glad to see around the house, not cardboard creations you'll beg them to throw away. What's more, Craftsman Crate is an easy, low-stress way to provide an enjoyable art credit for homeschoolers. All the instructions and patterns are there and aimed for the student to follow. No talent is required. Some students have even started businesses with the skills they learned. And Craftsman Crate is approved for purchase through charter schools and ESA programs. To find out more, go to CraftsmanCrate.com. Craftsman Crate from Great Waters Press. CraftsmanCrate.com Now, what about the fun stuff? (laughs) Household management rules. You know, don't slam doors was a rule in our house. Yeah. You know. You're not allowed to slam doors. Um. And and it could be it could be you know like really serious stuff like don't squeeze the toothpaste in the middle, <laughs> or the toilet paper comes off the front of the roll, not the back. Don't wrestle in the living room. You uh, destroyed one of my favorite chairs. Right. You know. Um, um, some families have a strict rule: you do not eat in the car. I think well, we'd starve. We would have starved. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we spend so much time in the car. That's that's not a that's a non-starter don't, for us. But. Don't throw things in the kitchen. You know, as Southerners mm-hmm. who fry food. 
throwing things in the kitchen can start fires, you know. Seriously. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and, and there's good reasons for these things. Yeah. There's good reasons for making a rule about your particular family. You know, we've got, we have friends who have light-colored carpets, and they have a rule, you take off your shoes when you walk in the door of their house. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, yeah. you know. And, you know, sometimes it's just absolute preference. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you hate it when the kids open the new jar of mayonnaise if they haven't finished the old one. I was cleaning out the refrigerator, and I found, like, four partial <laughs> jars of mayonnaise in the refrigerator at one time. I think, oh. really? Okay. And you don't like the kids to listen to dramatic music out loud. No, it stresses me out. You know, because they like to listen to, like, movie scores and things. Yeah, and and I, I don't need drama building in the background in the middle of my life. Yeah, and so these are household management rules that reflect our personal circumstances, maybe our personal histories. You know, maybe something just invokes bad memories for you, and you just say, look, I don't want to do this in our home. Other people can do it, but I don't want it around. Well, like, growing up in the South, mm-hmm. our kids are taught to say sir or ma'am to people. Yeah. In other parts of the country, that would be very weird and odd, and people don't even like it. Yeah. Makes so, them feel old. Okay. So those are those are household rules, and you know what? When you come into Mom and Dad's house, that's the rules. Just like we go over to visit our friends, we take our shoes off because that's how they want to manage their household. Right. And there's nothing in Scripture that that argues against it. You know, and so why the and the kids may say, well, why do I have to do that? Well, because the Bible tells children to obey their parents, and the Lord for this is right. Uh, you know, and I think Ted Tripp says, you know, really that's the fundamental rule for children. Yeah, obey your parents, and and that means all kinds of things which may not have a particular scriptural foundation, you know, or a requirement, yeah. but just simply to say, mom and dad, mom and dad have a rule that. Uh, you know, for example, n- no cell phones allowed in the bedroom or something like that, you know? And, that, and that's, okay, if that's mom and dad's rule, it's no no different than uh, Christians obeying the speed limits, Yeah. you know, when they're out driving. Which it's, may or may not make sense in any one place. But if the state's got the authority and we do, we're supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to be under, under some sort of submission to God-given authorities, then, okay, maybe we have to deal with that. So... All right, so so basically, there's there's a good place for rules. Rules are rules properly done are a good thing uh, in in a well managed life. Right. Say. And recognize there are some things which are just not negotiable that we just do because God told us this and it's part of His character and therefore it needs to be part of our character. But there are other rules which are either matters of our convictions and other and Christians can disagree, or rules that just apply within our four walls. Now, at this point, I want to say something about mercy and grace. Because when we were raising our older children, Hal, Mm -hmm. I think it was in reaction to a lot of the stuff that came out when we were children that basically was very permissive. Uh Um, A lot of permissive parenting was common um, in the years after, as we were growing up. Mm -hmm. No, not in our families growing up, but but in our friends' families. Yeah. And I, I think many of those parents, when they got to be parents, reacted to that by saying, oh, no, we're going to have rules and we're going to be consistent. The books, the parenting books that I read when our kids were young, a lot of them really emphasized being consistent. You must make your kids obey cheerfully and immediately. And Yeah, first-time obedience. First-time obedience, cheerful and immediate obedience. Mm-hmm. Don't ever 
you know, they 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 taught that you should never waver on any of your rules. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've changed my mind on that as yeah. our kids have gotten older and as we've had more children to realize, you know, when it comes to management rules, God's rules are always God's rules. Right. But when it comes to management rules, um, you need to choose the hills you die on. Right. You need to figure out what's important here and recognize that, that sometimes a child might have a good reason for disobeying a rule. Sometimes they truly didn't hear you. Yeah, sometimes they didn't hear you. Sometimes they were distracted, especially as they move into the teen years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, sometimes they might have practiced what we call in dog training. We're training mm-hmm. a service dog right now. Yes. Intelligent disobedience. Mm-hmm. Where they realized there was a more important rule that needed to be followed. Right. Yeah, you know, the way that works with the service dog is if a service dog alerts it, his handler, mm-hmm. you've got a problem, and the handler says, okay, I've got it, but doesn't change anything. That dog, although, okay, I've got it, means stop alerting, that dog might needs to decide, no, this is more important. There's a higher rule. The higher rule is that you're safe. Let me keep alerting. In the same way, mm-hmm. um, maybe you told a child to stay somewhere and not to leave. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Somebody came in the door. Dogs freaked out. <laughs> okay. We're doing this at home. Yep. Um, in the same way, if you tell a child to stay in one place, but he realizes the baby's about to fall, I hope he'll jump up and help the baby. Right. And you might come in the come in the door and say, you didn't say where I put you. You know what? You need to listen. You need to find out. Wow. And, you know, we've, we've been reading through the book of James in our family devotions right now. And there's that wonderful line in there where he says, let everyone be quick to hear, and slow to speak, and slow to wrath. That works. That means parents, too. That means all of us. And, and yeah, sometimes sometimes that's the best thing we can do is to hold up and to listen yeah. and make sure we understand the situation before we proceed to the disciplinary action or correction of any sort so and and sometimes it may be that our punishment for this for this violation even of god's law may be this Mm -hmm. but you may find out you know what this kid is really repentant and i believe they learned their lesson maybe i don't need to carry out this consequence to the to the point that i had planned right yeah it's okay to do that the books that we read when our kids were young made it sound like if you did that, your kids were going were gonna to be ruined. Mm-hmm. If you didn't make them go to bed at a certain time and take certain naps at certain times, your kids will just be ruined. They'll be rebels. And, y'all, that's just not true. Well, you know, so much, so much of that kind of links in with that idea that, well, if, if we put certain inputs into the system, then certain outputs are expected and, or guaranteed even. And it's not. You're dealing it's with living people with human souls and... They are not perfectly consistent and not perfectly predictable, and we we shouldn't expect that we can get perfectly predictable results like this. You know, an example of this, I was reading this morning in my devotions, um, Ahab had committed, King Ahab had committed a horrible crime and had done wrong. Right. And King Ahab had committed a really grotesque crime, Mm -hmm. and God had said, I'm going to cut you off. He had, he had said that, that 
he and all his family would be eaten in the fields. Uh-huh. And Ahab, evil king as he was, put him repented in sackcloth and ashes. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, okay, I'm not going to do this during your life, but during your son's life. So and there were so, still consequences, were but still he changed con- the way that that was going to be worked out. He changed but, it. He lessened it. Mm-hmm. And if God can do that, maybe shouldn't we be doing that kind of thing too? I think that's an excellent illustration. An excellent, yeah, excellent way of looking at it. So, you know, recognizing that um, we aren't perfect any more than our kids are perfect. In fact, they inherit that from us, you know. And so we've got to recognize that just as their obedience is not perfect, our parenting and direction and discipline is not either. There needs to be a, an element of mercy and humility. Humility. And restraint. Yeah. Um, you know, because the... The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. And Ooh, that's, that's important. That's a, that's a whole nother discussion, <clears throat> but it relates to this. So next time, yes. we're going to talk about there are rules that change and that apply to different people. And the way you handle rules with a seven-year-old has got to be radically different than the way you handle it with a 17-year-old. But that's not fair. You never let... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that next time. Look, we appreciate you joining us as we try to take biblical principles into the 21st century family. And until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. All right, thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.